When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so uh, the Atlanta Braves are lacking in heart and nuts like they claimed they wanted to have in this series. Maybe it's not too late, but it's never too late on the Georgia show. We're going to take a look at the dog's secondary, what Kirby Smart likes about that group, how they're playing strong, but could still be a lot better. It can't get much better than what Georgia's doing to Vandy in this series. We'll take a look at that by the numbers. And Jeremy Johnson and Rusty Manziel on to take a look at the dog's recruiting focus in 24 and beyond It's time for the Georgia show. Time to hunker down. Better never rest. Yes, it is a thrilling time to be alive. Welcome into the Georgia show, guys. Uh, let's start out with Georgia's secondary. Strong group, young group, but a lot of experience uh, yet to be had, I should say, but a lot of talent is what I meant to say. Uh, with Malachi Starks, Javon Bullard back there, he's looking as healthy as he can be after a little bit of a speed bump early on in the year. But Dalen Everett was asked, and Kirby Smart was as well, about teams picking on Everett. And I wonder with Vandy's quarterback situation a little shaky if uh, the dogs, I don't want to call it a rest because better never rests, but I wonder if the dogs might have a little bit of an easier time this week uh, than they'll have the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, I'll start with that. And um, I think Everett being opposite of Kamari Lassiter is that guy that's just getting, you know, people are throwing at him because, uh, you know, last week Kentucky went about three times at Kamari Lassiter and, you just don't see it that much, and I don't think they got a complete. They got one completion on the right in front of him, but certainly Dalen Everett is getting targets, and uh, he's had a couple of penalties, a couple of times where he didn't get his head around. But that, you know, that's a a first year starter off a kid that uh, really, really highly recruited, big time, uh, big time battle for him, and uh, I'm certainly confident Dalen Everett, and I think uh, every single game he has to get more comfortable. And as we get, you know, past this week. We get into that bye, and I'm not sure that Florida's passing game would would really kind of worry you, but you're going to get into a stretch of Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, and everybody in that secondary, everybody is going to get tested. But no worries for me right now, but I certainly understand why Dalen Everett is kind of getting mentions because people don't throw at Kamari Lasseter for a reason. What are you seeing back there, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Rusty. I think, you know, I'm not worried right now. You know, I feel like, you know, Kamari Lasseter was that guy last year, you know, and the year before a little bit. And just, you know, it's we get to the point of the year where you don't consider these guys whatever class they are anymore. We're over halfway through the season now. So he's been out there. He's been comfortable. He's a good football player. You know, you see some of this stuff for the first time and you, it may get you. You know, he's coming around in some of these, these same types of looks the second and third time. So I don't think – you know, it's anything to worry about. I mean, I'm sure he'll give a play or two here or there. I mean, that's just that's going to happen. But, 
you know, I think he's done a good job, even, you know, for being a first year guy. I think I think all three of us agree. You remember that a couple of years ago, everybody was like, damn, Tyson Campbell, every game they go get Tyson Campbell, oh, yeah. you know, and the second year Tyson Campbell didn't get any action because he got, you know, you're opposite of Eric Stokes for a little while. Uh, certainly Tyson Campbell got thrown at it. Uh, you fast forward three years from now, and Tyson Campbell is just locking folks down in the NFL. So, you know, it, that's kind of the, you know, the MO. It's it's, it's uh, situational. It's one-on-one. It's almost that basketball side of, of football on the edge, one-on-one. And one thing you guys will probably agree with me, Georgia's going to play man-to-man. So you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of those one-on-ones. And right now, Dalen Everett is the – is the new guy on the block, but uh, no, for me, no concerns, but uh, we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into that. But, you know, as we get down the line and we start playing these, Georgia starts playing these teams that are four or five wide and outside the numbers, specifically Ole Miss and Tennessee, uh, they're going to require all five guys, maybe six guys in that dime uh, to cover. And they're going to find the one guy they'll stack you in formation outside those numbers. And they're going to find a guy if they feel like can't run or, those types of things. So I'm very interested. I want to dig in this secondary thing just a little deeper than I usually do. I'm very interested in how Georgia plays. I know Julian Humphrey is that next guy, but I'm interested to see if Jonel Aguero, how they get him in the mix, because that's a bigger kid that can run. Uh, obviously, he's a true freshman. So where is he at? How much will he play this week? Because I think that's going to tip you a little bit on where they think they are with him. Uh, you know, can he help at that star some and, and, and go down the line and going into that bye week? So if Georgia handles business as they should this weekend, I'm interested to see how those guys get worked in, especially on defense and especially the next secondary guys. Uh, yeah, Kirby Smart said in his presser yesterday, what he's looking for specifically is more depth. You're always looking for more depth. It just means getting guys healthier. And getting guys developed, like you said, Rusty, like Janelle Aguero, getting ready and getting better as the year goes on. Uh, he got in early in some of those blowouts, so that was encouraging to see. And the yep. bye week can typically shake some things up. Kirby's also looking for the secondary to disguise better, tackle better, and punch out more balls. And I thought that was interesting, too, to learn that uh, the dogs use a point system for their players to not just go for the strip, but also – force fumbles and recover fumbles. That's really something they're working on this year. Yeah. Um, it, when you, when you look at, look at some of the things, Wes, I was sitting there thinking about him saying that. And some of the things I really watched the secondary, I really watched the secondary and some of the things you see with them, Malachi Starks and those guys, they're, they're, they're this close to getting those turnovers. They're, they're reading plays and those types of things. So, when I look at when I look at Georgia as a whole, and I see you know what's the next step for these guys, I think it's depth in the secondary. I think it's depth on the edge, and I think it's being able to create those turnovers. For sure. Uh, let's put a pin in that really quick. Our friends over at Prize Picks told y'all last week that instead of going through all the picks of the teams that we don't cover, we're going to yeah. take a look at some of the things that y'all could have done on Prize Picks last week for the dogs. They update a little bit later than when this show goes on the air on Wednesdays. But if you want to just lock in prize picks, I promise they'll have Georgia stuff up later on the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, as you're waking up, it's a really fun game. You just look at the stat line that prize picks is laid out, depending on the position, maybe it's uh, interceptions. Is Carson Beck going to throw more or less than half an interception? 
you lock that in. But let's take a look at what we had last week uh, for prize picks options. Uh, we had right here, we had uh, Carson Beck over 230 and a half passing yards. He Ooh. had that. You could have hit that. Uh, let's see. Dejon Edwards, 76 and a half rushing yards. He was under that. We had Brock Bowers over oh, 71 and a half receiving yards. I think you just want to lock in the over on Brock Bowers every time. I mean, it's just like LSU off, off LSU game. You just take the over. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's easy money. So Lad McConkey, the receiving yards on him. You're still waiting on him to get back in the fold a, a little bit, I think. Dominic Lovett over 33 and a half receiving yards. I think he went under. Marcus Rosme, Jack Saint, believe he went over his on his one touchdown or, or close to it. Uh, over Wes, let, me, Wes, let me ask you a question. I want to ask you a question, Wes. What are your thoughts on Dominic Lovett? I mean, I think he's just – he's a great part of Georgia's offense right now. There's just – there's only one ball, you know. He's an athlete. He's a player. Um, I think maybe you would have wanted to see him be a little bit more of a factor in this offense, but this offense starts and stops with Brock Bowers right now. So, yeah. uh, as Georgia distributes the ball – Everyone else is going to suffer a little bit, right? I mean, that's the yeah. negative recruiting aspect of Georgia's receiving game. But you know, you're going to get touches. I'm. Yeah. I, I would have expected him to have a touchdown by now, though. Hey, I would have lost a, lot, a big bet on that. And, and, and the thing I'm just curious about, Jeremy, I'll get your thought on that too. I, I'm. You just don't lead to questions here, but you know, I'm standing there Saturday night looking at him, and that guy's a second team All SEC player last year, and he absolutely gave Georgia hell. He gave Auburn hell, but you know, right now. Georgia has 19, and he's Superman. And and then Rob Rod Thomas is starting to emerge. And then you got Marcus Rosemey, Jack Sane, who's catching balls like he caught the other night. And, you know, you're looking at Lab McConkey coming in and Oscar Depp, you know, playing those two guys. So I just wonder what the thought is because I don't want people to forget about Dominic Lovett because Dominic Lovett is extremely capable of having one of those six catches for a 115-yard game against mm -hmm. anybody, against anybody because – you know, he's got that type of a uh, skill set with him. So, you know, people that people that uh yeah, my mic, I'm getting a new mic there, Ducati, too. Um I have a new mic order. But um the uh the I don't want people to kind of write him off yet. You know what I mean? I think Dominic Lovick still can be a part of this offense. I mean, look at Arian Smith last year. I'm not saying that they play the same role, but Arian Smith wasn't, you know, the dominant receiver in Georgia's receiving room, but he was still a threat. And he had huge moments that helped you win big games last year. So don't write off anybody that is uh, catching passes in Georgia's offense. I will say, you know, between him and Ra Ra coming in, all we heard about was Dominic Lovett. You know, yep. we were wondering, like, what's the word on Ra Ra? I haven't heard very much. And then he had a signature touchdown catch that was, uh, you know, that, that reminded me of Riley Ridley a little bit. Just the full extension, getting the toe down, great yeah, play from him. And you could have had 21 and a half receiving yards more or less from him on prize picks last week as well. And he hammered that over too. So head on over to prize picks with the code dogs. There is a uh, link in this show's description. If it's, if it's not right now while we're live, it will be when it posts up later. And prize picks is matching up to your first $100. If you put in uh, to your account, they'll match up to the first $100 to play some fun games. And it's not just Georgia. I mean, you can pick NFL, all the sports. Braves, if you're feeling gutsy tomorrow, you can uh, hammer that too. But it's all over at Prize Picks with the Code Ooh. Dogs. They are matching up to 100 bucks deposit. 
A little bit more on the secondary, Rusty. You have some closing thoughts on that as uh, we move on to this Vandy preview? Um, I will touch one recruiting nugget in that 2024 class, and Ellis Robinson is – I don't want to say – I don't want to put too much on him, but he is going to come to Athens with one of the best skill sets as a young corner uh, that I've seen in a while. Now, can he absorb the defense? Can he, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but this dude's for real. And a lot of people I talk to outside of the Georgia's circle, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, does ESPN have him ranked as the number one overall player in America still? I believe so. I mean, he's yeah, he's over a quarterback. They got yeah. him over a quarterback. So, you know, it just tells you what Georgia has secondary-wise. And the one thing the, the one thing is always going to be a constant with Georgia. It's going to be – we've had Mike, Matt, Matt Godwin on here. Matt Godwin helped build that roster as much as anybody. Matt Godwin knows what Fran Brown, Will Muschamp, and Kirby Smart want. And um, the one thing I'm, I'm very constant about with Georgia is they're going to get guys that can run. I mean, Julian Humphrey's a 10-300. Dalen Everett can fly. You know, Nylon Green can fly. And, and, and certainly, you know, Kamari Lasseter's not so much of a burner as he is a physical, intelligent football player. Yeah. And uh, he's that, 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 that helps him a lot, too. So he's not going to be an NFL first-rounder, but he's going to be one of those mid-second-round guys. Uh, just because his tape is going to help him. He's probably going to be a four, five, six, four, five, seven type guy. But man, he is so instinctive and and uh, just really kind of twitchy in person. All right, let's move on to the doors. Bubby Dean asking here, will Vandy score the first touchdown against the dogs since 2018 on Saturday? What a stat. Georgia's beat Vandy 117 to nothing the last two games, guys. I don't see it. I mean, I just don't. Vandy has lost four in a row now. Started off with two wins against Hawaii and a, a directional school, I believe. And hmm. since then, it's been ugly, and it has rarely been close. Uh, I mean, the odds are as happy. I mean, you have a fluke play. You know what I mean? You have a fumble. You have a tip ball or something. You know, it, I mean, it, the odds are going three that many times in a row. I would take a touchdown. Um, it's such a, I talked to some people today and I don't know if people understand the logistics of what's going on at Vanderbilt, but Georgia is having to dress in a tent and they're having to walk through the parking lot at halftime. I can't even imagine the conversations Kirby Smart is having because, you know, I mean, they don't have a locker room. You're going to be in a tent and, uh, Georgia's already going to be a little pissed off with that. So, Maybe they don't score. Maybe they don't score. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Kirby's pregame speech is going to be about the disrespect of a Division One two-time national champion having a dress in a parking lot. Maybe that's what he's going to use this week. But maybe they don't. But they're clearly outmatched, in my opinion. And uh, you, you know, I think George is going to handle business. And Bubby, good to see you, man. I said, uh, Bubby, sit about uh, five seats over from me at Eric Church, and hmm. and uh, got to catch up with him. And I actually saw him leaving the game the other night, walking through the, the parking lot. Ball. Hey, Bubba Dean was wrecking ball, one of the last people left in the parking lot late late Saturday night. Bubby Dean doesn't mind getting dressed in the parking lot. That's what I'm <laughs> gathering from this. Uh, no, that that uh, logistical nightmare for a noon game, too, I imagine Kirby's going to be a little hot. I mean, they brought the air conditioning unit to South Carolina last year. 
it's yep. not friendly on the road. I mean, I've uh, I've seen tweets from Ryan Rankin uh, about the stuff they went through on the road and uh, just how like different locker rooms are basically like you know you hang your stuff up on a two by four that's nailed into the into the cinder blocks. I mean, it's never easy on the road in the SEC. It's a lot of mind games, but this is going to be a whole nother level. Uh, when you look at Vandy right now, as I mentioned, they are uh, two and what are they? Two and four. They've lost four straight. Each loss. I mean, other they beat Alabama A and M, forty-seven to thirteen, and beat Hawaii thirty-five twenty-eight. These other scores aren't pretty. Wake Forest thirty-six twenty. UNLV forty to thirty-seven. That was at UNLV. Kentucky beat them <coughs> twenty-eight. Mizzou thirty-eight twenty-one. It's actually a pretty low score for Mizzou. Yeah, they, it seems like. Yeah, they- they were in that game yeah. until the third, until the third quarter, so that 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 gives you a little bit of, you know, they they'll show a little fight there. Florida Vandy thirty eight fourteen last week, and Georgia coming off a big win here. And as I I think I alluded to the fact that Vandy doesn't really know about its quarterback situation. AJ Swan was up there in the SEC ranks as the top one of the top quarterbacks, but he is questionable, hasn't looked hundred percent. So they'll go to Ken Seals. Maybe he has uh, 670 yards. He's 61.8 percent passer, but I, I just don't know. I don't know about Georgia's defense kind of feeling itself a little bit after that Kentucky game, and of course, Georgia's offense is going to be a load for Vandy. And the Doors have given up a ton, a ton of points to everybody. They cannot stop. They cannot stop the run. They cannot stop the run. And I know Georgia. Fans, they want to see them throw it around all over the place and all that, but they cannot stop the run. I mean, it, I, I would imagine whatever that you showed earlier, Wes, the, the over-under on Dejan Edwards and, and Kendall Milton yardage um, this week, I, I would be more than willing to probably put something on that because they cannot stop the run at all. Yeah, Georgia catching their stride too. and I mean, yeah. it's an opportunity for them to kind of build some of that balance for later on in the year. I mean, I know I talked to – uh, Fairchild after the game, and he was kind of alluding to, you know, them wanting to be a little more balanced moving forward. Obviously, you want to get the passing game going, but I think this is an opportunity for them to do that on Saturday. Um, the spread, we'll get our staff picks up at dogshq.com. That's always a premium piece every week. It's not premium. We have premium analysis around it about what we expect. Uh, this game to look like Georgia 31 and a half point favorite as we record here on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I could see Vandy covering that. I'll uh, mull it over for the next couple days. The over under 56 points. So you're looking at somewhere around a, you know, typical Georgia 40 to something to Vandy's yeah. and in the teens kind of game is what, you know, right now is what I imagine should happen barring any crazy setbacks vandy stadium falling down something like that they got to move it to a high school it might be a little bit you know more in vandy's favor i don't know but right now looking pretty for the doors is the whole story and you want to talk about just a dominant stretch george has been dominating a lot of teams that they play every single year in this kirby smart run auburn just suffocating them kentucky that's been a long stretch of games vandy not only have they not won since Kirby Smart took the job, they've just been embarrassed. So it's Vandy, man. I, you you want it to be more competitive. You want the bottom to kind of rise up a little bit more, but there's always going to be somebody that's at the bottom. And right now, as it has historically been, it's Vandy. I remember talking to Barton um, 
Simmons, obviously people know, worked with him a long time at 24-7 Sports, and I don't really talk to him about Vanderbilt. We don't go in that conversation. But after the first year they played, or the second year they played Georgia, I asked him, I said, what do you think? And he said, man, they put a spy on our quarterback like most people do, but their spy was the nose guard. And he was like, I've never seen it. It was Devontae Wyatt. It was the, it was a freshman. I mean, we had Devontae Wyatt out there spying their quarterback. And I remember him going, what, what in the hell? And I said, you ranked him like a four-star. He said, well, thank God. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I will say this. I will say this on Barton, who is the general manager of Vanderbilt. One of the last recruiting meetings, big-time recruiting meetings I ever sat in with Barton, he stood on the table as much as he could for Trayvon Walker to be the number one player in the country. And based off how rankings are done, he was right because Trayvon went number one. So I will never forget Barton fighting, and he didn't have the only vote, but I remember Barton after the uh, the uh, Army All-American game at the time, he was like, Trayvon Walker, it's just different. Nobody's like this guy. And uh, because he played basketball, he loved that about him too. So little little shout-out to Barton for that one. And, yeah, well, uh, well, Rusty, you know, let's let's – kind of give Barton a little bit of a shout out what has he done what what's his path to help Vandy out and how well how monumental of a task is he undertaking here you know not taking up for Barton but Vanderbilt is evaluating pretty damn good they're getting good players the problem is they're getting I would say NIL because kids are transferring you know what I mean and they're not in like that. And that's, that's, you know, some people take that stance and, and that, you know, that's not, you know, their kind of MO, but the evaluation part is real. They took a kid from Rome last year, Martavius Height, who I thought was very underrated. He committed to Louisville. They got him to flip. Well, Martavius Height is starting as a true freshman for them, you know, oh. and, you know, and, and, and that's the right eval. You know, you look at kids like that, they're AJ Swan. I mean, AJ Swan was a kid I was sky high on and, you know, he, he's, he's done everything he could for Vanderbilt right now. And he's hurt, but, you know, maybe he plays this weekend, maybe he doesn't. But he's had, when he has been right, and yep. they've had pieces around him, A.J. Swan's been hell to deal with. Yeah, he's solid. <clears throat> I know I know they did everything they could to keep him last year. I mean, they were – they were it's no secret. There were teams all over A.J. Swan trying to get him to leave Vanderbilt. And um, they, they NIL'd him from everything I, I read. So, uh, you know, that's, that's – it's no knock on Barton. They're evaluating really good, and they're getting good players. The, the problem has been being able to keep them because they're, they're losing players to Alabama. They're losing players to Auburn. They're losing mm-hmm. players all over the country right now, and that's I know that's probably a big frustration for those guys. How much is the academic equation not well, only you factor got, in recruiting yeah. but also the difficulty in keeping them on the roster? Well, you know, I think they they recruit a certain type of kid, knowing you, you, what you're walking into, you know, academically there. And, and uh, you know, I, I think they've been more competitive. I think Clark Lee is kind of – I wouldn't say negotiated, but kind of made things a little bit less strenuous for those guys to be able to sign some players. And uh, there's plenty to go around. There's plenty of kids that are, that are good academic football players and – um, you know, it's not like Stanford. I read one time where Stanford can only recruit like 50 players in the country. They can only recruit 50. And and, and then you have to sign – got to sign 25 of those. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. There's only 50 players in America they feel like is high-level P5 that even can get into Stanford. So, thank yeah. you. You have to get in before they offer you. You have to get in. Yeah, you got to get in. So, that deal is, is craziness. But I think Vanderbilt, uh, you know, there's certainly some academic side of it. But – uh, this new facility, once they get it done, is a, a bit huge upgrade. 
I just think right now the biggest thing kind of hurting them is, is NIL. They're, they're getting players there. They're just getting picked apart. Yeah. Nashville's on the rise, man. It's blowing up. So who knows? Oh, yeah. in, in the years to come, it could be a favorable NIL destination for a lot of guys that weren't previously thinking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. We like to let the big dog eat around here, y'all. You know that. This is the Georgia Show. And uh, Hello Fresh has partnered with us at Dogs HQ to help you eat as well. Whatever you want to do. They got healthy items. They got family-friendly items. They got, you know, culinary experiences that are top shelf. Whatever you want to look for with HelloFresh, they got your experience. Uh, it, just because you have a crazy schedule, it doesn't mean you can't get HelloFresh. It's easy to fall back on your uh, dinnertime recipe rut, but you can keep your mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of food, fellas. There's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for you. We ordered like a family-style deal, had like a charcuterie board with a bunch of vegetables, but they also freeze-dry this ice and send meat in there too. We cooked some pizza. We cooked like a pasta dish. It was really good. I've eaten it, and I'm still here talking to you. HelloFresh is fine. It's delicious, and it's good for you. So uh, HelloFresh saved me time and my family time. Didn't have to think about groceries. Didn't have to think about how do I cook this. They have all the ingredients, all the recipes there for you. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50dogs. That's 50dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and get 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code 50dogs. It's America's number one meal kit. All right, let's eat on some recruiting news, guys. Jeremy, you had a piece up on 25 receiver Tayshon Gelsey. Tell us about this fellow. Yeah, he's a he's a up-and-coming guy out of Jacksonville. You know, doesn't have a whole bunch of offers yet, but he, he came in and visited Georgia. I think he camped over the summer as well. Definitely seemed like it, you know, Georgia made an impression this weekend. They have not offered as of now, um, but he's a guy that, you know, we need to keep an eye on his big, big, long, athletic receiver that can, you know, has a huge catch radius. So he's a guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye on moving forward. Uh, we got him over at on three. UCF leading for him right now. Yeah. Uh, that may on- change soon. That yeah. change with some bigger, probably some offers, but uh, UCF now it's, it's another program that's starting to recruit really well. But I agree with Jeremy there. This this guy could uh, get in these SEC type deals. Yeah, Kentucky's on the board for him. I'm pulling up his card now. Big dude, though. Uh, yeah, six four two ten. Golly, mm. that'd be a uh, that'd be a nightmare. The old back shoulder throw in the end zone type player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Got a sophomore season highlights you can watch at on three as well. Um, and before we wrap up on Gelsey, what what is what is B Max approach? How well do we know the way that BMAC is is connecting with these guys, especially with the negative recruiting, right? You're not going to be a featured guy at Georgia unless you're Brock Bowers. How does BMAC counter that kind of thing and Georgia staff in general? Well, winning, winning, winning is the main factor. Um, you know, you you're you come to Georgia, you know you're not getting the football 10, 15 times a game, but you know you're gonna play winning and winning football, you know, that you're going to be playing in big football games and have opportunities to shine in that, in that way, you know, obviously Arian Smith was not featured most of last year, but 
he he had a big role in that Ohio State win. He had a big role in that national championship win. Donnie Mitchell was the same thing. You know, he didn't play most of most last year, but when it mattered, that's who got the football. So, and he's gonna go have an opportunity to go play in the NFL. Both of those guys are gonna have opportunities to play in the NFL. So I think that's kind of you know, I mean, that's approach. Hey, I'm here. You know, play a role. You know, and be a part of a winning culture and have an opportunity to play in the NFL. I mean, that's that's kind of the the message with all those guys, from what I can tell. This this kid. This kid looks legit. The, the, uh, big, the, of, biggest, the biggest thing about wide receiver recruiting is is NIL, man. I mean, that yeah. is the, that is the position that is, for whatever reason, has it's gotten crazy. So you know, it's kind of it is what it is, man. And, and uh, right now, that is that is the one position that um, the, the 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 NIL is is up there. So hmm. it's uh. You don't want to be going against Ohio State because they've got, you know, it's like Georgia at tight end. You don't want to recruit a tight end against Georgia because they're putting in these, you know, all these guys and Brock Bauer, Darnell Washington, and, you know, everybody's getting to go to the NFL. That's the same way Ohio State's doing right now with with wide receiver recruiting. But um, the NIL, for not only for, you know, these high school NIL wide receivers, the the portal is where it's – the portal is where it's – it's really starting to, uh, you know, make an effect. So it's very quarterback dependent too. I mean, yeah, yeah. these guys want to get with a guy that can get them the football. I mean, you start looking around who has the dudes at quarterback. You know, typically you look around and that program is in a recruitment race for, you know, a lot of these big time receivers. I know Texas has been one that's, you know, been a destination for people just because of Quinn Ewers going over there. You got Malik Murphy, and then you got Arch Manning last year. So. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. Obviously, Georgia will have two in this class. Um, so you know, maybe that impacts this next 2025 group. You, know, you start seeing some of these elite receivers wanting to play for Georgia. Yeah, we're gonna take a look at uh, one of those two guys here in a minute. Jeremy's got some great stuff up at dogshq.com. A lot of premium stuff, just more reason for you to check out a premium membership with dogshq.com. One dollar for a one month test drive of not only recruiting news, but team insight analysis. We dropped a war room to start the week with Rusty and Roos and Palmer uh, on there as well. And it's just all the news you could need at the midpoint of the season. So don't want y'all to miss out on that. Uh, Jeremy, with some great stuff on a flip season, who George is targeting right now for flips. Uh, Hidden Jim and quarterback Travis Burgess. Jeremy is keeping the road hot, man. What's what's been your ideal destination so far this year, man? Where have you been? Where where the game or – Whoever you played, whoever you saw playing, just blew your socks off. I mean, probably Colquitt. Um, I went down and watched them play Lee County uh, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And first of all, the atmosphere down there in South Georgia is absolutely amazing. I love high school football, and I was just like a kid in a candy store down there, just just soaking it up and just enjoying that the you know the atmosphere. Um, I got to watch Nye Carr that night. Obviously, he decommitted and you know ended up in Miami, but just watching. Osman Chroma, he is he is something special over a Lee County running back, one of the top 50 type prospects in the country. He's he's different. He's different. He ran, he had a big long he had a he had a great game. They they lost, but you know, Colquitt's just a little further along right now. But that he's he's special and I enjoy watching him. He's probably been my favorite player to watch, other than I, I like watching Dylan Rayola a couple weeks ago as well. He looked really good. So 
Yeah. Um, I've seen some great players as far and you know, you know, gonna look at a few more here in the next couple of weeks. Got to check out Bucky's for the first time. That's, that's like <laughs> a spiritual experience, man. Oh yeah, Bucky's is heaven. I mean, I, every time I go anywhere near Macon or 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 Calhoun or there's one. Where's the other one? There's one out in Alabama, I believe, right near Auburn. Le- Leeds. There's one in uh, Leeds. North Georgia too. Yeah. yeah, I've been to any any time I get near them, I got to go in. I, I spend as much time in there as I need to. You got um, to. <laughs> um, let's take a look at uh, Ryan Puglisi, guys. We got a, a highlight here. Someone put together a highlight package from his huddle film from his first four games of the year. And I know that the competition is not elite, okay? You don't have to point that out to me. But everything that this guy's doing with the football is elite. Oh it's borderline let me, elite. Let me, let, me, let me chime in just a tad here. Does he play seven or eight teams that are just as good as teams in Georgia? He does not. Mm-hmm. But he also plays like two teams this year that have a bunch of D1 players. He he has like seven D1 kids on his team. So it's not like he's playing uh, terrible football. I mean, they, there's a lot of ACC Big Ten kids in this league. So I, I just kind of be aware of that deal. Uh, does he play seven double A in the state of Georgia? He doesn't. Oh, yeah, like spin move. Um, but, but, the kind of the narrative about he is not, uh, you know, he's playing against nobody is 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 not true. It's not true. Yeah, he doesn't play. They don't play the the number of teams, but he does play two or three teams that are really really good. And two of those three, I believe, he's already he's already shredded them. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's a it, Chad Simmons went up there last year and he was like, man, it was a lot better than I thought. I'll be honest. Yeah. With you. I yeah, bet his yeah. left tackle is seeing his stock rise too. Seventy-one here's a big dude. His O line is huge. His running back has a Georgia offer, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, his O line is huge. Yeah, look at that man. He's uh, dominating. It's I mean, it's, you when people bring up the the competition take. I mean, it's one thing if he's not dominating that competition, but he's dominating it. Like it's yeah. not like it's it's like it's not. He's struggling with it. It's, I mean, he's clearly yeah. the guy, you know? Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it watching this guy. I just saw that on Twitter this morning and wanted to uh, highlight it tonight on the show. And uh, he's certainly worthy of it, dude. He's yeah. impressive spinning he that football. He looked the part out there at the Elite, Elite 11. I mean, he he was not like lost throwing to those high caliber receivers. So, I mean, it's like he's not, he's, he's used to playing at high levels if he needs to. So, it's, for sure. I, th- I hate that. I hate that argument. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw it with with Fields to a degree uh, when he's playing at Harrison. There were some really overmatched guys that he was playing against, and mm-hmm. saw it with Eason. I don't know. It- I'll tell you this: I went to Seattle. I went to Seattle in 2015, I believe. 2015. That was the first sign of he he's going to face a lot different competition. Yep. I mean, he was, you know what I mean? Like, you look at, at Easton, he's six, five and a half, and, you know, he had a gun he show, strapped to his shoulder there. I mean, he could throw it 190 miles an hour. Uh, now, I will say this. His high school had 5,500 students. It was massive. Hmm. I had, I basically had to park in Buford to walk in Mercedes-Benz to get to his, his school. Jeez. That's how crazy That's how crazy it was. Uh, it, it was one of the biggest schools I've ever seen. and uh, But they only have like 10 of those schools. Instead of having 35 super schools, they just had 10, you know, in that state. So 
But anyway, long story short, I, I knew right then that he wasn't seeing the type of speed and those types of things he's going to see. I don't have those concerns with Ryan Puglisi because in that league he is, there's multiple, multiple SEC, a, ACC, Big Ten uh, type kids that he's facing. So is he going to get uh, – is he going to have an adjustment? Absolutely he's going to have an adjustment period. Dylan Riola is playing some of the best high school football teams in America. The speed of the game he is playing is faster week to week, no question. But I don't have concerns. Like I privately had a little bit about Eason after I left out there. I was thinking, oh, boy, he's going to see a lot different action, you know, in the SEC here. So uh, I wouldn't worry so much. I wouldn't worry so much about Ryan Puglisi. There's going to be an adjustment for, for yeah. both of them, no matter, oh, yeah. Where, yeah. No matter just, what you played. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, fellas, let's chop some wood. I'm going to start with uh, this terrible towel I got up here in Pittsburgh this past weekend. I got oh, to see uh, George Pickens just dominate the Ravens. So how was the crowd? How was the crowd? the crowd? crowd was awesome, man. That's what, I mean, that's what I'm chopping wood about. It felt like yeah. an SEC game. Yeah. It was yeah. defensively dominant uh, on both sides of the ball. Saw a block punt. Pickens was all over the place. He's pretty much all that offense has right now. Najee Harris doesn't really want it. It doesn't seem like and that other kid should maybe be their 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 top running back. Uh, they both killed me on fantasy Pickens and and that other dude. But I was playing against the guy who was up there for the Bachelor weekend, so I guess I'll give that one to him. But it was a fun game, man, and it's just uh, it was it was great to see an NFL team actually have an SEC type atmosphere, and that's what. That, community is built upon and that's what they live and die by so i get it it's different regionally but uh chopping what about those nfl dogs a lot of them in one game roquan defended a pass against darnell at one point because he was in uh because the guy ahead of him is hurt so darnell was getting a lot of playing time so that was cool to see and just a bunch of nfl dogs across the board and it was great to see them in action again and with the injury situation that pickens had his final year at georgia he was robbed for sure, and it was good to actually see him play. And I remember at his pro day at Georgia, Mike Tomlin took him aside and worked him out a lot individually, different kind of routes, and got a really good look at that dude. And I could tell that day that he was smitten, and it's working out so far. We'll see what they can do the rest of the way with Pickett because he's <laughs> he's hit or miss. But uh, that was a fun time. Go Steelers, go Dogs. Jeremy, what you got? I'm gonna keep mine short. Mine is about the Atlanta Braves. Um, oh. I just need you guys to just watch that. That they're not that chopping speech. anything. They they need to just watch the speech that the guy on Major League gave about the marbles. Just just let's go. Let's let's go. Spencer Strider has to come out tomorrow and be special. Yep. Do what you're. They were calling his like the disrespect. Ooh, they were calling man. his name. We want Strider. If that yeah. don't get you pumped up, I don't think you have a pulse. I don't know mm. if you need to be playing Major League Baseball. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. That's I my chopping wood. It. Just chop some wood tomorrow and go get it done and bring this thing back to Atlanta. Yes, sir. Wes, Wes you know the new baseball coach's name at Georgia? Yeah, I, I don't know his name right now off the top of my head. So I talked to some people at the game on Saturday, and uh, one of them has a kid committed elsewhere. Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson came pitching coach from LSU. One of the people I talked to has a kid that's committed elsewhere. Uh, it's just too late for him to go to Georgia. Let's just put it that way. But he told me, and he's kind of in the know. He said, look, man, this dude is lights out. 
they are getting players. They're they're getting kids to flip. I think they just flipped a shortstop from Buford this week away from South Carolina. They just got one of the top pitchers in America from Buford to commit. Uh, I'm gonna chop wood on this Georgia team. Now I know Palmer knows that's his lane, and he yeah, knows more Palmer's about turf right now. Palmer's turf, but I, but I talked to somebody. I 100 is in. This is right up their alley right now as far as Georgia recruiting and and those types of things. So. Uh, Wes Johnson, new baseball coach. I'm not trying to be the the baseball guru, but we all know what this state produces. My God, we had to watch uh, Zach Wheeler from East Paulden. Uh, we have to watch Duck Dynasty from Buford in left field for yep. the Phillies every night. You know what I mean? So uh, this this state puts out so many really good baseball players. For whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked in Athens in a while. So uh, chopping wood, man. Wes Johnson, his new staff. This baseball program, uh, I think Georgia fans have been dying for it to be relevant, and there's no reason for it not to be. So, uh, chopping wood, new staff, hot on the recruiting trail. Love it. Love to hear that. Love to get out to some Georgia baseball games when they're on the rise and competitive and just take that next step, man. It's right there for the taking. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. We will be back uh, Saturday morning. We're going to have a, a pregame show, Rusty. Yes, we are. Pre-game so, show, bright and early. Steak and so, eggs. Steak and eggs. Georgia so, Vandy uh, preview. So I heard and, <laughs> again I heard the after the game. I heard the pre-game meal for Georgia is at seven fifteen Saturday morning. So I'm gonna we're gonna try to beat the pre-game meal. Yeah, try to. I mean, you could just eat along with them, you know. <laughs> but we'll be back uh, then the live stream after the game as well. After that game goes final. Here every Sunday at 8.30 p.m., every Monday at 9 for Bark After Dark. Great interviews there, great conversation, and you're watching us now on a Wednesday edition of the Georgia Show. I know that the Braves crushed a lot of souls tonight. It's not too late, though. Don't give up on them. We'll be back. We'll see you then. Thanks.